Let's go to John 15 today. John chapter 15 and 1 Peter, or actually 2 Peter chapter 1. If you're new with us, you don't have a Bible, that's okay. Look, we'll put these scriptures on the screen for you. I want to share some things from the Word of God that will be a help and a blessing to us all today. John 15. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for this Word today. Thank you for the Word of God. It is life to us, to us. It's health to all of our flesh. And Lord, we believe that wisdom is coming to us now. Understanding, revelation, knowledge of truth. For Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. So thank you for freedom that comes to each and every person today as they understand your will, your ways, your plan, your kingdom. Lord, we receive by faith and thank you for the abundance of your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. John 15, verse 16. Jesus speaking here says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Aren't you glad that you were picked, chosen by someone who's really smart? (laughs) It wasn't that there was no one left and it's like, okay, I'll take them. No, 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 no. God chose you. He chose me. He picked us for a purpose, for a reason. And here's what's interesting. It's not just so he could change us and fix us up, and thank God he did, but so that he could use us, so that he could do something through us, not just to us. Amen. That we would be able to produce something, and that as a result of our lives and him working through our lives, something will remain forever. There will be eternal results from what happened through your life and through mine if we'll allow his fruit to come through us and we'll be fruitful amen i want to continue today talking about this subject picked to produce and uh and and give you some good things here today let's go over to second peter now how many already have it all right second peter chapter one and verse five it reads, but, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For, For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And so again, it doesn't have to be a mystery to us as to why some people are productive, they're producing, they have a lot of results from their life, and some people are not. And it doesn't have to be confusing concerning our own lives. If if someone said, "I, I really would like to leave my mark, you know, or God's mark through me, I'd like to be Mark. Uh, Never mind. (laughs) Uh, you know, I'd like to have, I'd like to be a fruitful person. Well, the scripture tells us very clearly, very precisely what components are necessary to cause that to happen. Okay. If I live a waste of a life, if I have nothing to show for it, if there's nothing good that comes out of it, that's nobody's fault, but mine. Now, this is not condemnation day. We'll save that for another. No, I'm 
time. But not really, but but the, really, the Scripture tells us and gives us real specific direction as to what components are necessary for us to be fruitful. All right? If you, if you were planting a tree, a vine, a plant of some kind, um, not being an expert in the field, but I understand that the soil needs to have certain qualities, certain nutrients to cause that thing to grow. We've had some gardens in, in the past where our bad dirt has really gotten in the way, you know, things that are supposed to be green or yellow, and, uh, and things that are supposed to be of certain size or not, and uh, it, it's got some things missing in the soil that are necessary for the fruit to be what it's supposed to be, and likewise, that's true in our own lives. If there are certain components left out, well, we're just not going to be able to be what we're supposed to be. We're going to be limited in our fruit production, and so right here is just an amazing list. I mean, God-inspired. God who created you and me, who who is master over his kingdom, he said, these are the things that you need. If you'll get these in place, you'll be fruitful, period. Not not confused. I don't have to wonder about it. Just get these in place in your life. You'll be laughing. You'll be producing. You won't fall. You won't stumble. You won't trip up. This is good news. Amen. And so today, we want to talk about one of the components in here that is called brotherly kindness. Say it out loud. Brotherly kindness. Amen. Amen. Brotherly kindness. What is brotherly kindness? Well, it, it comes from the Greek word Philadelphia. Did you know Philadelphia was a Greek word? Yeah. Has anybody ever been to Philadelphia? All right. Anybody want to go to Philadelphia? Never mind, the subject is not Philadelphia today, <laughs> not, in the, not in the city sense. The word, the Greek word Philadelphia is translated brotherly kindness, sometimes brotherly love. It refers to fraternal affection, okay? This type of love is not unconditional in the sense that it's just for everybody, it is conditioned upon someone being related to you, someone being a family member to you. This is, this is brotherly kindness, and I think it's very important that we keep clear in our thinking what this type of love is as opposed to just putting all love in one big category and saying, well, aren't we supposed to just love everybody? Well, the answer to that question would be, well, yes, but the Bible says specifically that we should have love or kindness towards those who are brothers. Now, whenever the scriptures are very specific about one area, we shouldn't wash over it and say, well, that's just included in something else. For example, uh, Ephesians chapter 5 says in one verse at the beginning of the chapter, walk in love. Talking to believers, said we should walk in love. Well, who should I walk in love towards? I, I should walk in love towards everybody. I mean, the Lord doesn't tell me, be nice to one person, be rude to somebody else, or say, or it's okay. 
Be really, as long as you're really nice to one person, you can be rude to somebody else. No, that's really not consistent with Scripture. I'm supposed to walk in love with everyone. But listen, you go down a few verses in that very same chapter, and the Bible says this. Husbands, love your wives. Well, aren't you being kind of redundant, Paul? You just told me to walk in love. Wouldn't my, my wife be included in that? Why do I need to hear that again if I've already heard that? Because it's different. Everybody understand? Husbands, uh, if your wife were to come to you one day and say, do you love me? And you said, well, I love everybody. Of course I love you. Would that be okay with you, wives, that you are one of everybody? No, how many know the love that he has for you is supposed to be special? It's supposed to be different. You are supposed to be, in his heart, elevated above everybody else. It's good that you love everybody, but don't put me with everybody, right? She needs to be distinguished in your mind as someone you love in a special way, okay? Now, likewise, when we see scriptures that are generic and broad-based and love, everybody walk in love, good. But we also see specific direction towards, in this case, towards brothers, brotherly love, all right? Now, understand in the Bible that it oftentimes will use generic um, terms that aren't necessarily gender specific in the beginning god created man male and female created he them so the bible calls males and females mans <laughs> calls them man all right likewise it's also true so we're not excluding the sistren when we talk about the brethren all right not including uh, excluding uh, sisters so brotherly love we could include sisters in that as well everybody understand but notice The Bible clearly identifies that we are to show kindness and love towards brothers. There's a specific love called brotherly kindness. So it should be distinguished in our own minds that that is special. That is something that should hold a higher place than just loving everybody. Everybody understand here? Okay. There is... Um, a special attention given in the Word of God to those who are in the family. We need to know who's in the family. That word brother is sometimes used in our culture in different contexts. Uh, obviously, we use the word brother within natural family uh, relationships. I have two brothers. I have one sister. And it's Uh, there's something that's special and unique about a family relationship. It'll it'll always be different than how we relate to other people. Some people haven't seen some of their siblings for many years, but yet when they do, even if they're not super close, there's something unique about that relationship. There's something special because they are my brother. You know, they are, that is my, that's my sister. That's my brother. And that will always hold a certain place. So we use it with natural family. Sometimes the word is used in um, those of a certain race. We'll call others of a certain race brother, even though there has no family relationship there. Uh, 
one of our friends who comes to minister from time to time, uh, Rutkins McKinley. Um, he's darker than me. And, uh, and uh, we were riding down the road one day here in Boise. And we, there's a car that pulls up next to us. It's a police car. And the officer, the police officer is black. And, and Rutkins all of a sudden has some kind of communication going on with him. Not nonverbal. It's, he's just kind of, you know, they got, I don't know, you know, there, and I'm looking at him, I was like, what are you guys doing? You know, like, 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 does he know what you're talking about? He's like, oh yeah. And they're just, you know, in that culture, well, they're brothers. <laughs> and so they kind of connect to each other in a special way. And I kind of think, well, that's pretty cool, actually. The fact he doesn't know anybody, but yet they'll connect that way as a result of something. So there's a similarity there. That, that word uh, brother is used um, sometimes like in a fraternity. Uh, maybe some of you have been a part of a college fraternity and you have fraternity brothers. Uh, it's also, it can be used like um, with soldiers, brothers in arms, when those who fight together, they're brothers in a certain way. And, and so I think we can understand the concept We're talking about some kind of relationship that this love exists in. But when it comes to the Word of God for us, we need to understand how God uses that language and how we are to use it because there is a relationship that far exceeds natural family, race, fraternity, you know, you're fighting together, any kind. There is something that supersedes all of that. All right, And we are talking, of course, about the family of God. We are talking about those who have been changed. There's a reason that we are here together. There's a, the, the, there's a, a good number of us here today. That we would not have anything to do with each other, naturally speaking. Uh, I, I just mean there's nothing naturally about some of our lives that would draw us together. Different age, different background, different economic status, different... Um, um, different countries of origin sometimes, different careers, different hobbies, and yet here we are in the same room at the same time on the same day, and we do it every week. <laughs> so what, what, what do you have in common with those people? Our sins have been washed away. Our names have been written in the Lamb's book of life. We have the same dad. He is our Father who loves us and gave us His all, sent His only Son to die for us. We have accepted the gift, and now we have a commonality that far exceeds any natural thing. Any place where we were born or anything that we do, there's been a uniting of our hearts and our spirits together because of what God has done in us. This is a greater and a more important connection than any natural thing that we could talk about. Now, uh, in our world today, many people are looking for a place to belong. They really are. And sometimes um, they're just wanting to be accepted. They're wanting to be a part of something where there's somebody else. And that can work in a good way. It can work in a bad way. Sometimes um, that's how gangs thrive. It's why sometimes young, younger people will join a gang because there's a group of people that will accept them, that will call them their brother, that will be there for them when they're down. And, and, and there's something about when someone is called a brother, how many know it's like saying, I've got your back. It's like saying, um, 
I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to help you if you're down. We're in this thing together. And, and sometimes, again, that's used in a negative sense, and people will join groups that are harmful, that sometimes illegal, and do things that are damaging because of the embrace that they get by being a part of that. You ever wonder why some people will join like some funky, goofy cults that do strange things? I mean, sometimes we look at it from the outside. Maybe some of you have been a part. Um, some of us look from the outside and you think, that is like the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Why would you be a part of that? Why would you follow that leader? And why would you, why would you do these things? And sometimes it's because they, they love bomb them. They do. They, 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 they pour out affection on someone who has a need. Someone who's lacking, someone who wants to be a part of something, and they'll join not because of some of the, the things that they believe and things that they do, but because of that acceptance that they're getting. And then once they're in, then the reverse goes into play where, you know, they use guilt and, 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 and condemnation, all these things, if you leave, and rejection if you leave, so they feel trapped into staying, okay? And, uh, but, but, but here's the thing, if that's a real need in a human being, to the point where it even works in a negative way, man, how much more should we be all over this thing when it comes to the love of God? We have a desire. We have a need. God created us to be a part of something where we have each other's back, where we are joined together with one another. Again, people will sometimes get involved with things like drugs because, well, when I smoke this, when I shoot this, all these other people like me more. They accept me even though it's not really genuine. It's not really based on good things. But people feel like they're a part of something. And, uh, and that supposed kindness is desired by many people. But now here's the thing. We've we got to get this straight in our minds so we understand the truth and we understand from God's perspective what brothers really are. Okay? Um, sometimes people will talk about what they refer to as the brotherhood of man. And they'll say... Well, all of us, you know, all of the people on the earth, we're all one big family. N no, we're actually not. Say, so, well, we're, 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 we're all brothers. In, in fact, because we're all really God's children. Well, no, we're actually not all God's children. See, that's a human, natural perspective trying to understand something spiritual. And that is not what God revealed, because if that's the case, why do we have brotherly love? We should just have everybody love. And that would just be covered in love. But no, there is a certain group of people that we are supposed to identify, be able to point out, and to show we can show them a special kindness. We go out of our way to give them love. If that's not a certain group of people, if I can't know who that is, then I can't obey that command. I can't get brotherly love operating in me if I'm brothers with everybody. And from the Lord's perspective, we're not all related. When I say all of us, all of us all around the globe... There is a spiritual truth here that we must get a hold of. Let's look at John chapter 8. John, the 8th chapter. You see, 
how does one get to be a part of a family? The, the most common way is that they are born into the family. We know there's adoption and so forth. But the most common way, I'm a part of my natural family because I was born into the family and that's just the way it is. How does one get to be a part of a spiritual family, the family of God, the brotherhood of the redeemed? They are born into it, not by natural birth, but by spiritual birth. Jesus said you must be born again. There is a spiritual birth or change that happens in a person's heart. Then they enter into God's family. And so, is everybody in God's family? Only those who have been born into it or born again into that family. Everybody with me? John 8, verse 44, Jesus speaking to some people here, some religious people of his day. He said, verse 44, you are of your father, the devil. You're what? You're saying my dad is the devil? That's what Jesus said. Jesus, Mr. Nice Guy, right? He's telling the truth. He said, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in, in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. Now that's different than what is commonly accepted when people say, well, we're all the children of God. What Jesus said about a certain group that they were of their father, the devil. So apparently there's more than one family. There's more than one group on the earth. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Let me show you this a little bit more. Don't want to build any doctrine on one scripture. And we could actually look at many, many things. But for today we'll look at these two. Ephesians chapter 2. And verse 1, and you, he made alive, say I'm alive, alive. who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature... The children of wrath, just as the others. He's saying, this is the way we used to be. We were dead, but now we've been made alive. We used to be children of wrath. So we got children of the... You're you're of your father, the devil. You're a child of the devil. You're a child of wrath. And then we see many other scriptures that talk about those who have been born of God, been saved. He says, you are now children of God. You know, First John, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we would be called children of God. All right. So here's the thing. From the Lord's perspective now, if we could see things as He does and we look over to the banisters of heaven and look down on the earth, it's not like we see it so often. But He sees very clearly two distinct groups. There are those on the earth... That their sins have been washed away. 
Their lives have been changed. They are now a part of His family. And there are those who are still, they remain in their sin. And they are lost at this present time. Not, well, there's this nation and this nation. I don't mean he's ignorant of the nations. But as far as main categories, that's not what's so important. There's this group, there's this color people and this color, there's this uh, culture and there's this culture, and, 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 and we sometimes divide all up, even within the body of Christ. We know with all the different churches, and that doesn't have to be a negative, by the way, that there are a lot of different churches and different emphasis, but we have, we, what kind of Christian are you? Well, I'm a this kind of Christian. <laughs> I'm a this kind of Christian. I'm a this kind. I'm a this kind. And we've got all these different categories, but the reality is, from a spiritual standpoint, there's only two groups. You're either in or you're out. You're either saved or you're lost. You're either right with God or you're not. Why, why, why is it important that we lay this foundation? I need to know who, who I'm supposed to show brotherly kindness toward. So, so I think we should be kind to everybody. I think we're washing and watering down the word if we think that way. I'm not, again, we're not saying be mean towards somebody else. But if God pointed it out specifically and said, do this towards this group of people, I need to know who that group of people is. I need to know who my brother is. Because if so, they just stepped up in importance in my life. If someone's in the family, now they're more important to me than someone who's not in the family. Does that make sense? I don't know if that sounds hard. You know, listen, you can, you can see this in Scripture. You can read back in the book of Acts. And different places where you could see that the church would take up an offering for other parts of the body of Christ. The, the brothers over in this area, they've really been under the gun. They've really been persecuted. They've been, you know, sometimes under Roman rule, they would, they'd come in there and just take their stuff away. They'd just clean them out. All, you got your house and all your material things, and now you have nothing. And they would just do that. And they, so they'd take up offerings for different groups. And, but it's interesting who they took up the offerings for. It was for the brethren. It was for those in the family. Say, so, well, didn't they take up any offerings for just other people who were not saved that they were going through a hard time? Well, it didn't say that they did. So I don't know. But I know this. They gave special attention to those in the family of God. They're brothers. We got their back. We're going to take care of them. Say, well, what about those who were not in the family? Well, they should call on their God and have Him take care of them. We call on our God, and He oftentimes just uses our brothers and sisters in the family to help, help us out. So they should call and say, well, their God is not even real. Well, I know. Hopefully, they'll figure that out. So are you saying we're reject? Do we reject them? No, the door is wide open for them to join the family at any time. We we desire it. In fact, we go out of our way to encourage it. Join, and once you're in, we got you covered. Once again, man, we are going to be there for you. We're going to help you. We're, we are in this thing together. Amen. But if you're not in, good luck. 
I don't know if that sounds, that, that, that sounds uh, harsh to you, but I want to have the heart of God. I can't make everybody equal. No, I must have certain people in my life elevated as more important. I'm supposed to give priority to them. Amen. Just like I'm supposed to love my wife. And it's different than the way I love you. Though I love you. I just love her different. Always going to be that way. Well, that's not fair. (laughs) Talk to her. (laughs) Talk to her hand. Let's look at Matthew 12. Got a few more minutes? I know it's warm in here. If you're feeling it, I'm under the lights. I'm feeling it too. I'm sure the air conditioners are working trying to keep up. But let's not be wimps either, okay? Oh, we got a whole new crew out in the foyer. Hey, guys. Guess they're watching on the TV. I've preached in places in, in uh, Central America where this feels like air conditioning. I mean, this feels like <laughs> to where it's 100 degrees and humid, like 1,000% humidity. And you're in this little, little building without windows, no breeze. And whew. Yeah. In ties and everything. Because, you know, sometimes it's cultural. You have to do certain things to be received. All right, let's, let's go here. Matthew 12, verse 46. Speaking about Jesus. While he was still talking to the multitudes, behold, his mother and brothers stood outside seeking to speak with him. Then one said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak with you. But he answered and said to the one who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Now, is that kind of odd? Didn't he know? He forget about Mary? How many think he forgot about Mary and his brothers and sisters? No, he, he was teaching a point here. Look, look, verse 49. And he stretched out his hand towards his disciples and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my mother and sister, or my brother and sister and mother. Now, I don't think Jesus was being disrespectful to his natural family here. I don't think he was dissing his mom and his brothers and his sisters. I don't even know you guys. (laughs) But he was teaching a principle. He was elevating the spiritual family of God above a natural family. Now, we know this is the case that many of us, we're in families and our spouse is saved, our kids are saved, our parents are saved. And praise God, if that's the case, they're in both your natural and your spiritual family. But there is a family that takes precedence. And it is the spiritual family of God. That is going to last forever. We are going to be together forever. And God wants us today to give precedent to that relationship. And if someone is related to you in no other way, they're not the same color, they're not the same job, they're not the same age, they're not the same anything, but their sins are washed away. They become important to us. They are part of my family. 
They are, they are in the brotherhood. And so we've got them. Amen. This understanding is vital. This understanding is essential for our day. Sometimes natural family, I mean this is kind of tough to deal with, but sometimes natural family must be resisted in order to connect with a spiritual and eternal family. There are times when we have to say no to some in order to say yes to what's more important. You know, we think about Jesus, he's, he's Mr. Peace, right? I mean, he is the Prince of Peace. <laughs> he's Mr. Peace. But you know, he also said, I didn't come to bring peace, I came to bring a sword. <laughs> he made some pretty wild statements. Because you know, the peace he came to bring was not necessarily peace this way. But it was peace this way. Peace between God and man. Not always peace between man and man. And sometimes if, if a person is going to reject God and reject God's love and His, His will, then, well, we don't get along real well then. Hmm? Because this relationship must always be more important to me. And if someone else is in the way, I'm going, I'm going this way. Amen. We've always got to have our priorities the same as the Lord's. Uh, when it comes to family now, and I'm talking family, we need to be committed to working things out. Because what's at stake here is more important than whatever it is that we might disagree on. How many think we, ha- we could have some disagreements in here? Some serious, knock-down, drag-out disagreements. I could stir a couple up if you want me to. I'm sure I could bring up some controversial things and just get us going against each other. But how many know that would be stupid? <laughs> We've got to focus on the main thing. What unites us? What's most important? Amen. And, uh, and again, we must keep the main thing the main thing and be willing to lay some disagreements aside for the greater cause that we are in this thing together. We must be viewed by those on the outside as something that is very, very desirable. Man, have you seen how those people act? Have you seen how they take care of each other? Have you, have you seen how they don't stab each other in the back, but they, they watch out for each other? That's a desirable group to be a part of. And that is the family of God. That is brotherly kindness. Philadelphia. Not the Sixers or the Eagles or the or the Phillies. <laughs> Talking about brotherly kindness here today. You know, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 37, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Not worthy of me. And so what, what, what's, what's the deal here? Is natural family important? Of course it is. We could show scriptures about taking care of your natural family. That is an important, a very important thing. But you know what? What is more important than everything else? 
It is our relationship with God. It is our relationship then because of our relationship with God. It is our relationship to each other. That, that relationship must take precedence over everything else. And you know what? You know the best thing I can really do for my natural family? You know it is to have a good relationship with God. I, I'm a much better husband. I'm a much better father. I'm a much better American citizen. I'm a much better everything I do when I have God on the throne of my heart, when I am living for Him and His love has filled me. Praise God. And it's not always just by giving attention to something else that we are going to excel um, in life, but it's by giving attention to the right things. The right things. There's a reason why it's common among Christians, church circles, for people to use the language. And they'll say, brother so-and-so or Sister, so-and-so. Uh, th- that language is common in Christian circles. Why? Because that's the real thing. That is, honestly, more of a brother and a sister than a natural one. I don't know if I can handle that. I just don't know if I can. Well, <laughs> it's right whether you can or not. <laughs> huh? And again, the best scenario is natural family. They're also brothers and sisters. See, there's a revelation there. You see, like my wife over here, she's my wife, but she's also my sister. Now, not, not in a weird way. <laughs> We're not from Mississippi. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> We got their representatives on the front row here. (laughs) But in a spiritual sense, how many understand that? And the spiritual is the real. And husbands and wives, I think there's a revelation there that can be gleaned. That not only are you married, they're also your brother, sister in the Lord. And so that relationship is multifaceted. It's a powerful thing when we recognize the true reality of spiritual union. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Father, we just love you today. We thank you for your blessing in our lives. Thank you for your help in time of need. And Lord, for showing us and teaching us your will, your ways, your plan, your purposes. Helping us to see the way things really are so that we can take advantage of the way things are. So that we can. That we can operate in what your, your word calls brotherly kindness. And so that we can be fruitful, we can be productive, we can be strong in the day of trouble, in a time of battle. Thank you for your word working in us now, causing us to grow, to increase, to be developed in all these areas. We give you all the thanks, all the praise for every good thing you're doing in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for those who've come today.